Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Let me give you a quick preview of what we're going to discuss. We have more details from somebody that went to the hearing on the Lori Vallow Chad Day Bell matter. Letitia Stalk has a trial date. The fallout from the Nicholas Cruz sentencing verdict. Don't mess with a dancing granny, Mr. Daryl Brooks. Amber Heard lists her appellate issues. The coroner's report comes back regarding Kylie Rodney. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. Let's get to the preliminary matters before we get to the docket. First, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do. Hit that little bell so you receive notifications when we go live or put up new content. And always leave me a comment. And remember, you can listen to us anytime by downloading us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Let's go ahead and open the docket for Friday, October 14th, 2022. All right, there was a hearing held the other day as it related to Chad Daybell. And we had a little bit of information about it, but I was able to speak with Lori Hellis today and she provided a little more information, which I think may be of some interest. I always appreciate Lori Hellis taking the time uh, to speak with me and she, did great, we will fill you in. So first, she let me know that Mr. Pryor did get the transcript of the grand jury that was convened by the district attorney, but no charges came of it. Apparently the prosecution did not want that released as they stated in their filings, but the court determined, oh no, he gets it. It's called exculpatory evidence. If you go to the grand jury and you don't indict, yep, that's potentially exculpatory, particularly if it's related to the matter at hand. Now, there's been a lot of talk as to why things are so secretive in this particular case. Apparently, there is some sort of gag order that's been put in place. It's been placed under seal that nobody talks about it. Now, obviously, counsel cannot go and speak to the press about this particular case. They need to try their case in the courtroom. Apparently, there was some in-chamber talk about discovery issues. And what was said out on the record was that Mr. Pryor stated that he did not have all the discovery yet. Prosecution says they've turned over everything. Oh, but there may be some consumptive testing that's not back yet. But the prosecution was of the uh, position that they would be able to go forward without the consumptive testing. As you may recall, from previous motions filed, there was some consumptive testing about DNA that was being tested about several uh, DNA items, possibly blood, that were on various tools that were located at Chad Daybell's house. Well, you would expect to find his DNA on those tools, but needless to say, Mr. Pryor was saying, hey, we're not going forward without that until it gets done, because that is what the defense believes is going to be exculpatory. Um, there's also this whole issue that Mr. Pryor has appealed up to the appellate courts. And I'm going to look into this a little further because those filings shouldn't be secret in any way. But it apparently it's revolves around this social media alleged misconduct by the prosecution. Apparently, you know, it's a small town, people on various things, and allegedly some people from the prosecution maybe made some statements like, we're going to get these people. Uh, we're very 
uh, upset. And frankly, maybe they were in the heat of the moment, but if they had just kind of stepped back, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. But, you know, the old cover-up is always worse than the actual act. So we'll have to see. But I did ask Lori, what was it like going in front of the judge as it related to your motions? As you remember, she filed motions saying, judge, you didn't follow the law. I want to be able to have access to these sealed documents. You didn't do it right, so therefore, let me have access to them. She thought that the judge came off as very confrontational. Um, apparently, Judge Boyce pulled out an order from January of 2020 where he made all the correct findings, but then there's a lot of all these other findings that weren't done correctly. Um, and there's a most recent order that the judge uh, pulled out as well and said, well, what about this? And Lori stated that, well, judge, I concede you did it correctly on this one. You didn't do it correctly on the others. So, you know, court took the matter under advisement and uh, he would let it uh, uh, work its way out. My guess is the judge will find that he didn't do it, prepare new orders, make it nunk pro tunk back to the date that they originally signed, and we won't get any access to it. But we are hoping uh, Lori gets what she needs on this. And frankly, as we've seen, as stuff has come out, it's important information that the public has a right to know. The other issue that wasn't resolved was the motion to continue. The court took it under advisement and the court noted that, hey, we're moving this to Ada County. It's not like we can just roll up there and say, here's the, where's our courtroom? There's a lot of planning and work that needs to be done to uh, move a case of this nature up there. And so the court was going to coordinate with Ada County to see if they can, in fact, move it, what dates are available, and then they would actually get the matter going. We'll see if there's a trial sometime in September or October of next year. We will just have to wait and see. So um, that's the update. I, I should have just asked to uh, put Lori on with us, uh, but uh, well, she was out taking her dogs to the dog park. So I figured it wasn't a good time. So Lori, if you think I misstated something, let me know. Next on the docket, Letitia Stauk. You remember her, the woman accused of killing her stepson, Gannon? Well, she finally has a trial date. The trial for Stauk is now set to begin March 20th, 2023, and Stauk's mental health has been questioned as she has undergone multiple mental health evaluations. Now, originally, Ms. Stauk entered a plea of not guilty for murder. She then later changed her plea to not guilty because of insanity. And as you may recall, Gannon was only 11 when he was reported missing. According to the defense, the evaluation is a sanity evaluation, meaning an expert is expected to decide whether Letitia was sane at the time of the crime. Now, the defense requested the trial and the prosecution agreed. As you may recall, Gannon was reported missing on January 27th of 2020 uh, in a neighborhood near Colorado Springs. Letitia Stauk was arrested in March of 2020 in South Carolina. Gannon's remains were found in Florida as authorities made that announcement on March 20th of 2020. Next on the docket, the fallout from Nicholas Cruz. Will there be a do-over? I don't think so, but let's see what's being said. First, prosecutors are demanding an investigation into an allegation a juror was threatened in deliberations whether to sentence Nicholas Cruz to death. A juror called the Broward State Attorney's Office immediately after the verdict was announced that Cruz, who is now 24, would be given life in prison without parole. This alleged juror informed staff that she received what she perceived to be a threat from a fellow juror, 
while in the jury room. A second female juror wrote a letter to the judge that others were extremely unhappy with her decision to give Cruz life in prison rather than the death penalty. Now, lead prosecutor in the case, Michael Satz, is now calling for law enforcement to speak to the juror as they believe a crime may have been committed. Most jurors wanted Cruz to receive the death penalty for the 17 murders he committed in the mass shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on Valentine's Day back in 2018. Now, Florida law requires the death penalty recommendation to be unanimous to impose the fatal sentence, and the jurors did not all agree in the case of Cruz, sparking emotional outbursts from relatives of the victims. Now, prosecutors are asking for the investigation under a criminal procedure, which allows for it in cases where a verdict may be subject to challenge. However, it's very unlikely that the allegations made by the juror of misconduct will change the outcome of the trial as it was in Cruz's favor. Now, threatening a juror under Florida law is a third degree felony punishable by up to five years in prison with a uh, hearing scheduled for Friday uh, to discuss this particular motions. Now, it is unclear if the threatened juror voted for life or death, but a juror wrote a letter to the judge that others were extremely unhappy with her decision. The juror, one of the five women on the panel, who was the sole juror who maintained her decision that Cruz should be sentenced to life in prison. In a letter submitted to the judge, the juror recalled heated debates with the jury over the fate of Mr. Cruz. She claimed that despite rumors that they had already made up their mind prior to the trial, that they remained fair and unbiased in making their allegedly unpopular decision. Now, the deliberations were very tense, and some jurors became extremely unhappy once the juror said that she was going to vote for life. Her note to the judge stated that she was uh, truthful when she was qualified as a juror. Now remember, for you to be qualified as a death qualified juror, you have to be able to say, I am willing to follow the law and impose the death sentence if I believe that the factors have been met. If you go in saying, I don't believe in the death penalty or that I would never impose a death sentence, well, that juror then would have not been truthful if that were to come out. But if they said all the right things, very unlikely that anything would in fact be changed. So any chance of a do-over for the sentencing phase for Nicholas Cruz? Highly unlikely. As the law stands in Florida, it just takes one juror to say life. Normally, as you may recall that we've talked about many times, the factual uh, stage of the trial of guilt or not guilty, the jurors must agree unanimously for guilt or not guilty. So a little different when it comes to the sentencing phase there. Hey, don't mess with a dancing granny, okay? A surviving member of the Milwaukee Dancing Granny Troop slapped back at accused Waukesha Parade killer Daryl Brooks when he asked if she saw him driving the SUV that barreled down the route, killing six people. Laura Thien took the stand on Thursday in a trial that has seen numerous delays due to Mr. Brooks' outbursts and interruptions, which have escalated uh, since he decided to represent himself. Now, Brooks is accused of driving his car through the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, on November 21st of 2021, killing six people between the ages of 8 and 81, and he injured 60 more. Three of those 
people were members of the Dancing Grannies troupe, and one of them was the husband of the Dancing Grannies member. All of them were friends and like family to Thien, who performed in the parade but was not hit. Now, Thien told the court how she was performing in the parade with her troupe to Winter Wonderland when she noticed a red streak flash by as the vehicle barreled past her from behind. She testified that she did not witness anyone get hit by the vehicle as it happened in a matter of seconds. On cross-examination, Mr. Brooks asked her if she got a look at who was driving the vehicle, and when she responded that she hadn't, he pushed with so you didn't get a look at the driver at all. She then snapped back and said, no, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. It's like your grandma wants to but grab you by the ear and say, young man, don't be ridiculous. Anyway, Miss Thien also gave an emotional account of the tragedy as she recalled seeing the attack's aftermath. That trial goes on. Mr. Brooks, play your silly little games. We'll give you the presumption of innocence, but you're going to be convicted. Next on the docket, Amber Heard cites her reason for the appeal. Well, Amber Heard and her new legal team have given 16 points uh, as to why the verdict uh, in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial uh, basically needs to be thrown out. And we're just going to go through them. We're not, we're just going to, you, you're smart people. You can tell me if you think it's going to prevail. First, the trial court erred in declining to dismiss the action on the grounds that the forum nonconvenience uh, was not uh, applied to. Basically, if the case was filed in the wrong uh, venue. The uh, trial court erred in denying the supplemental plea in bar and in rulings that the November 2, 2020 judgment of the United Kingdom High Court of Justice, Queen's Bench Division in Depp v. News Group uh, newspapers, does not foreclose Mr. Depp's claims. As you may recall, Mr. Depp brought this case in England and it was thrown out. He lost. Third, the trial court erred in denying the demur and plea in bar and ruling as a matter of law that all three alleged defamatory statements in the challenged op-ed are actionable statements of fact rather than non-actionable expressions of opinion, actionable as defamation by implication. Basically, the whole gist of the case right there that, hey, you can say something and it doesn't necessarily amount to defamation. The trial court erred in excluding from evidence at trial the November 2020 uh, judgment of the United Kingdom High Court. Once again, the trial court erred in excluding from evidence at trial a medical records, including Ms. Hurd's contemporaneous communications with medical providers, such as Dr. Laura Anderson, Dr. David Kipper, Ms. Debbie Lloyd, Ms. Erin Falatib, Dr. Amy Banks, Dr. Connell Cohen and Dr. Bonnie Jacobs and Ms. Hurd's communications with several third parties, including Mr. Depp's employees and Mr. Hurd's employees, friends and families, about interactions with Mr. Depp, including reports of drug use, aggressive and abusive conduct, physical abuse, and her fear of her safety. Next, number six, the trial court erred in admitting evidence at trial related to Ms. Hurd's pledge to donate money to charity and evidence related to Ms. Hurd's alleged abuse of third parties. Seven, the trial court erred in excluding evidence at trial of Mr. Depp's reputation 
as it existed prior to publication of the challenged op-ed and after the op-ed was published. Eight, the trial court erred in sustaining an objection during the cross-examination of Mr. Depp to a question about the truth of one of the alleged defamatory statements on the ground that it called for a legal conclusion. Next, the trial court erred in allowing Mr. Depp to argue or suggest the trial that the jury could award damages based on statements or conduct occurring prior to the publication of the challenged op-ed. The trial court erred in allowing Mr. Depp to argue or suggest a trial and the jury to consider whether the alleged defamatory statements in the challenged op-eds were republications of statements misheard made in 2016 in connection with a domestic violence temporary restraining order she obtained against Mr. Depp. The trial court, which rejected proposed jury instructions, improperly instructed the jury on actual malice. 12. The trial court erred in denying the motion to strike and to set aside the jury verdicts with regard to Mr. Depp's failure to prove publication by Ms. Heard of the statements, quote, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our cultural wrath. That has to change, end quote. The trial court erred in denying the motion to set aside the jury's verdict with regard to Mr. Depp's failure to prove that the alleged defamatory statement in the challenged op-ed each conveyed a defamatory meaning about him by implication and that any such implication was both designed and intended by Ms. Heard. The trial court erred in denying the motion to strike and to set aside the jury's verdict with regard to Mr. Depp's failure to prove actual malice by clear and convincing evidence. The trial court erred in denying the motion to set aside the jury verdict and in ruling that the jury verdict in favor of Mr. Depp on his claim against Ms. Heard and in favor of Ms. Heard on her claims against Mr. Depp were not inherently or irreconcilably inconsistent. And finally, the trial court erred in denying the motion to set aside the jury verdict and upholding the amount of the jury damage award in light of A, Mr. Depp's failure to prove pecuniary damages and B, the excessiveness of the compensatory and punitive damage awards. So as you can see, you have to make those objections at the lower court level. Otherwise, they are deemed waived and you cannot raise them on appeal. Amber Heard's attorneys did a good job of objecting to that. Now, I took a lot of heat when I discussed this case because originally I didn't think it should even be there. But, but so be it. It went to trial. It went to verdict. I've lost many a trial over my day where I told the judge, I think you're wrong. Everybody disagreed with me. It goes up on appeal and I win. So it's not over yet. I understand people don't like Ms. Heard. Everybody loves Johnny Depp. Although let's face it, he could have behaved better in some circumstances. The reality of it is we'll see what the appellate courts do. I think Amber Heard may get some play when you take a look at the cold, hard record and take all the emotion out of it that exists at the trial level. We will have to wait and see. I bet it takes another year until we get an actual decision from the Court of Appeals. And then when it does, we'll bring it to you. Next on the docket, we finally have received the coroner's report as it relates to Kylie Rodney. As you may recall, she was a 16-year-old girl who went missing after a large party by a California lake in August. And the determination is that she died accidentally by drowning. The Nevada County Sheriff's Office coroner made the ruling after completing an autopsy as well as many other uh, tests. 
The ruling is based on the pathologist's finding that her death was the result of drowning and that there was no other information to suggest she was the victim of foul play in any way, according to the report. Now, Miss Rodney was last seen near the Prosser family campground in Truckee on August 6th, along with as many as 200 other people. She texted her mother at about 12.30 a.m. that morning to say that she was headed home and reportedly called a friend to say goodbye, but she disappeared after leaving the campground parking lot. An intensive search ensued, but nothing was found until an independent diving group, Adventures with Purpose, found a car not far from the campground in the Prosser Lake on August 23rd. They believed it was Rodney's car, and a body believed to be Rodney's was found inside. The coroner did not say if a toxicology report was done, and if so, what it showed confirmed the identity two days later. From maps of the location, Rodney likely made a wrong turn leaving the campground and drove into the lake in the dark. Her car was found upside down in 14 feet of water. And finally, our dumb criminal of the day. And maybe I am just becoming the curmudgeon old man and I want the kids to stay off my lawn. Get off my lawn, kids. And it's people like this that are driving me to, to this. I really do believe so. Take a look at this video. Because my dog was on my lap. We'll have a conversation in the gym. Why? I Grab didn't your touch stuff and come with me, ma'am. I'm not going to ask you again. Just grab your stuff and come with me. You're kicking me off. This, you're going to put me on another plane. Ma'am, I need you to get your oh, stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Honey, we're about to fight this. Your ticket, you can go on Southwest. Let's go. Because you couldn't let my dog sit on my lap. Ma'am, let's go. All of you. I am. Shut. Hey, oh, 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 oh. turn your phone off. Who did she hit with? Why is he recording me? This is a woman's response after a flight attendant reportedly asked her to take her dog off her lap. Yeah, this video was recorded on August 12th by a fellow passenger, and it shows this woman angrily shouting and swearing at flight attendants as they try to remove her from the Atlanta to New York uh, flight. The woman can be seen aggressively responding to the news that she has the lease, asking if is because the dog was on her lap and appearing not to understand why it was an issue in any way. Now, in the video, the other passengers watch the altercation unfold and the woman informs the staff members attempting to remove her, we're about to fight then. When she refuses to disembark, she begins to get visibly riled up and aggressive in the clip, despite the fact that the staff member told her she would would receive a full refund for the flight. She said, quote, I didn't effing do anything to you guys, she says, claiming that she's already 12 hours late to her destination. Because you couldn't let my dog sit on my effing lap, she screamed at the flight attendants, and they said, ma'am, let's go. The woman then launches into a furious tirade, angrily shouting at people filming her because she's acting like a complete imbecile, telling everybody, F you, F you, all of you as she hauls to the passengers getting off the plane. The argument then reaches a boiling point 
when the woman is packing her belongings into a bag and a passenger shouts, get off the plane. In response, she launched a water bottle at the passenger, filming her looking like a complete idiot. Turn your effing phone off, she screams. She hit the passenger with the water bottle. Well, apparently the call was cleared without incident and the parties involved declined to prosecute. So no arrest was made. So this unidentified Yahoo, who was simply asked to follow the rules. And if you can't follow the rules on the plane that somebody else is transporting you on, guess what? You need to get off the plane, go charter yourself your own plane so your dog is there. But it looks like she was in coach, so she's probably not going to be able to go charter the plane. But this is what is going on in the world. Nothing is anybody else's fault. Nothing is ever, no rules ever have to be followed in any way. And finally, hopefully, this lady will take a look at this video and see what an idiot she looked like. And although she wasn't charged, she threw the bottle and assault was committed. She's our dumb criminal of the day. Get off my plane. Thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk. Tomorrow. Get off my plane. <laughs>